What's up, everybody? Pastor Kerry Robinson right here with another episode of MC Impact. This is my friend Michael Whittle. Hello. It is going to be an awesome episode. We are talking Dylan Mulvaney, Bud Light, Church Hurt, and Michael's pronouns. Stick around for another episode of MC Impact. Michael freaking Whittle. Hello. I don't even... What are your pronouns? I forgot what they are. Jijur uh, and they, them? He, him, hers, actually. <laughs> oh, dude, it's good to have you in the studio. It's good to be and here. And we actually have a studio audience. What's yeah, up, studio audience? Say hello. hello. There's 75 people in my yes, garage right there now. there is. And uh, I'm glad you're here, man. We're going to have a fun time. We're going to talk about some fun things. But uh, why don't you tell the world a little bit about yourself? Who are you? Where are you from? Well, your real pronouns. <laughs> my name is Michael. Let's go. Whittle. This born has and been raised. Brought to you by uh, LaCroix. Ryan LaCroix. Paying tons of money mm -hmm. to be sponsored. Um, from Dallas, Texas. Let's go. Just outside of Dallas, Texas. Actually, just a few houses down from where your amazing wife. That's exactly grew right. Up. Which is odd, but and and cool. It's yeah, yeah. Which born and raised in Dallas. Moved to L.A., Los Angeles. Los Angeles. The less cool version of Southern California. Yeah, it's a fact. Uh, 13 years ago. Craziness. So. And what do you do in Los Angeles right now? So I am, uh, my wife and I helped, uh, we're a part of a team that helped plant a church in 2015 uh, with some of our best friends in the world. And um, yeah, so we do that. We help build a church called C3LA. Yep. Um, and then my wife works for an incredible company. And then I have a uh, kind of a media startup that I've been running. That's right. Or just a baby. Been running for about 18 months. I love it. And the cool part about this is Michael grew up in mine and Megan's youth ministry. I did. And uh, actually was there. He was in the youth ministry before we became youth pastors. Mm -hmm. And we, we started in ministry at the... I was 20. Megan was 35. It was... <laughs> She's not here to defend herself. She's only twenty. I remember years being at you guys' wedding. Yeah, yeah. Where we didn't have. And I, the the reason I remember it is because <laughs> you pretty much invited everyone in the church. Yeah, there was. And I was telling, I was probably there. thirteen at the time, yeah. and I was telling my mom, I'm going to this wedding. These people at church, and she was like, Did you get invited? And I was we like, Everyone's invited. invited. And, and she was like, That's not how it works. And actually, people at our wedding. But we walked away with so much cash. I it bet. was fantastic. I bet you did. Now, my mom and dad were hardcore strict. So mm -hmm. we had a five-piece jazz band with a stand-up bass. It was like freaking amazing. But we weren't allowed to dance. So that was awesome. <laughs> really? There was no dancing? No dancing. Literally. We staged a picture for my wedding, fake dancing, because we were not allowed that to dance. So also, amazing. could not have alcohol. So we had a, I had a pyramid of Dr. Pepper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, can I just, can I, to, to give a little bit more context, you mentioned your parents who I, man, have so Well, my dad's dead, but thanks for bringing that up, Michael. Go ahead. I was going to tell a story about him. <laughs> we were playing flag football one time. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I, I said, I didn't say the F word, but he, he thought he heard me say the F he word. Knew your heart. And I said, I didn't, he really got upset with me. Yeah. And he said, how did you, how, like you said, and I said, I said freak. And he said, you know in your heart what you meant. That's exactly right. That's and I'll remember that as long as I live. Rest in peace. <laughs> he was a Facebook, He was an amazing guy. Uh, social activist <laughs> for uh, <laughs> Jerry Falwell and <laughs> other major conservative. Uh, anyways, that's not what we're here to talk about. Anyway, so you grew up in our youth ministry. Ended I did. up interning with us. We're yeah. volunteer staff with us. Mm -hmm. And then we're on staff at the church there. Yeah. 
and uh, it's cool to have you. You in. guys really were not to get serious, but you okay. guys really were my pastors. I still look at you both that way. Let's go. I'm sorry. Very, very influential in my life. Oh, I love that. So when I, I need, the reason I'm actually down here in Orange County today is Let's because go. my wife said, you need to go hang out with Pastor Kerry. <laughs> Text him right now and go spend some time with him and we because love you're your acting wife, crazy. So you, that's why I'm here. I, I love that. And you have a son. How old is your son? Son, he's almost two. And you have another one on the way. Uh, yeah, just due in about two months. Nice, I love it. So anyways, so, that's all the boring mm -hmm. uh, accoutrements mm -hmm. uh, to the podcast. Let's talk Dylan Mulvaney. Let's, let's do it. Let's talk. Let's talk. I don't know who that is. Can you let's give me an explanation? Talk, let's talk. This guy, which I know I'm probably not allowed to say that. Uh, I think his <laughs> pronouns are, are she, her. I don't know how. I don't, actually don't know how that works. I, yeah. I apologize if you're watching and you're offended, but you're probably not watching. Let's mm -hmm. just, be, just be honest. <laughs> you're probably not watching. And uh, so we have some of our staff in here are working and they're laughing uncontrollably. Sydney, chill out, please. This is a, be professional. Uh but let's talk Dylan Mulvaney yep. because that guy, girl, mm -hmm. is blowing up the world right now. Yep. Uh, I mean, I know you know if you're listening and watching and you don't know what's happening with Bud White, Bud Light, uh, not Bud White. That's a different Bud White. <laughs> Bud White. That's that got canceled instantly. <laughs> Bud, Bud, Bud White. White got canceled before it got into yeah. production. Yeah. But uh, Bud Light, uh, you know, came out and mm -hmm. I think they just sent. Dylan Mulvaney, who is yeah. uh, day 366, I don't know, of transitioning from okay. male to female. From my understanding, yeah, it was like an influencer campaign, yeah. right? But yeah, they say that, but didn't there was a, a, a box and a can it was, it made had, for this campaign. Exactly, had so, his or her face yep. on oh, the can. Oh, it did. Yeah, yeah on the can. And I don't think they actually sold. I'm trying to turn off the the timer on my screen so that I can keep my countdown timer on here. Sorry for the people who are more That's professional. Uh, but yeah, so it's blowing up the world. What are your thoughts on that? Like, tell me, I mean, tell me what your thoughts are about the the, the current cultural moment that we live in where it's like you can't have a differing opinion or you're canceled. Yeah. Um, you And then if you aren't, are not accepting and tolerant of this, then you're canceled. Mm -hmm. And and then we have biblical views. So yep. give, me, like, give me some feedback on Well, my on initial it. thoughts on it actually weren't really... Um, uh, brilliant. Honestly, from the spiritual side or the the faith side or the morality side at all, it was from I've I've long been obs really interested in advertising. Okay, and so I've read a lot of books on advertising, and to me, it was like forget the morality; it just didn't make sense. Yeah, it's like it's like advertising for Big Mac at McDonald's yeah. in the middle of Beverly Hills where everyone eats kale and drinks smoothies. Yeah. Like it was just like, this makes no, absolutely no, no sense Because you're saying me. the clientele of Bud Light. Yeah, it's like- It's you, like redneck. Yeah. Uh, Second um, Amendment, America, Trump 2024. Yeah. Exactly. Like they're yeah. driving either Chevys or Ford and making fun of the guys yeah. who drive Dodge. So to me, it felt like a- Wrong crowd. Like an advertiser becoming yeah. an activist. Yeah. It was like, 100%. why, like this doesn't even make sense why you yeah. would think this was a good idea. Yeah. So that was my first thing was like, what why would you thinking? even do that in the first place, totally. right? And then, yeah, the other thing is, it's just, it's interesting because you, I guess I, and I also didn't realize people had that much of an opinion on their beer right. that they drank. Right, Um, Because they lost, I think it was in the billions. Six in, billion in, in Six two billion weeks. in market cap in yeah. two weeks. It um, bounced back since because secret, yeah. secret conservatives like, we're buying wallets low. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So I think for me, it was like, what? I just, I, I don't know why we have to turn brands into activists right. all of a sudden. Yeah. And this is one of the conversations I was having with someone was like, I don't, I'm a 
conservative Orthodox Christian, and I don't need my brands to be pushing. I'm not asking yeah, my brands to right, push my right, values. Right, 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 right. So what? Like, I don't care if I don't know my favorite. I don't care if what Lacroix's political leanings are. Right. I'm not asking them to put mine out in the world or right. my spiritual beliefs or whatever. So for me, that was my big question: is why do this in the first place? Um, and then, man, it really did set people off. Did you see the videos of like the <laughs> yes. the the like, Kid Rock? Yeah, Kid Rock destroying destroying them. Let me tell you what I think about Bud Light. Yeah. My name is Kid yeah. Rock. I do like some kid, old school Kid Rock. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can crush them. Mm -hmm. In fact, I got to add that to my golf playlist because that, even that new one where you like redid Sweet Home Alabama. Let's get back on track. Yep. That's not what you're talking about. I, I guess I'll, my thought was this: it, it, everybody gets so upset when a Christian uh, figures out a unique way to put their values out into the world, yes. right? So, okay, like let's look at the that he gets us campaign, yes. right? They did a um, a. Super Bowl commercial. Multiples, Multiple right? Super yeah, Bowl commercials. Yeah. They've spent $140 million. Yep. We could have a whole other podcast episode on what we... Think about that. Think about yeah, that. Fair. But at the end of the day, they're really rich. They've made the money, and yeah. it's awesome that they're using it to put a message out into the world. Yeah. But everyone got so mad. Got People got really mad. How dare you use this platform to push your morals, your values, yeah. your beliefs. Yet then on the opposite side, we're supposed to just be like not have anything to say about yeah. a, really a great American brand. Like that goes back hundreds of years, 150 or 180, um, something like that. Yeah, just deciding out of nowhere, hey, we're not, we're just gonna like dive off the deep end on this thing. Yeah, um, people, people got really. Why upset. do you think that is? Why do you think that it's it's unacceptable to push what would in mainstream arenas conservative values, but it is it is it is mandated that you accept pushing liberal values well i don't mean that whether you're a democrat or republican yeah. i'm saying like you guys understand so listener just don't freak out about this you <laughs> you understand so get over it why do why do yeah, why do you think that why do you think that if you have conservative views it's unacceptable to push that but you have to embrace liberal views or you are canceled you're a bigot you're a hate monger you are old school you are a kick it does not well, seem like it's it's both both and yeah because i think the current progressive worldview and the people that are proponents of that they're basically the new moral majority yes and so you either abide by what they have to say yeah or they're going to remind you how intolerant and you are a big and so it was like the power has just kind of like shifted in that way where um i think the thing is is they can to the average person who maybe doesn't like think very deeply about this that side tends to feel on the surface more empathetic mm -hmm. and more loving. And hey, let's just just let let these people be who they want to be, yeah. or let them think this. Who really cares? Yeah. Um. And because I hate to say our side, their side. You know what I mean by that, right? Because someone who believes what we believe tends to kind of say, "Hey, this is this is what the truth is. This is what we believe about it." Automatically, that feels like it's excluding someone. Yeah. And so. Now all of a sudden we're the ones that are the uh, the excluders. Yeah, if that and, makes sense. And therefore, if you're excluding, then it's it's not acceptable. You have a differing opinion. If you're excluding, you are by nature a bigot. Yes, and I also think that movement places so much of their identity mm -hmm. in that. So you're not attacking a thought or an, an idea. You're attacking an a identity. Person, yeah. And so there's obviously a defense that comes up 
right? Where it's totally. like, if, if this is based on who you are, then of course you're going to feel like you're being... Yeah, do you, I wonder, yeah. you said something, that was, it was good. You said that they're, they're the vocal majority. Do you think that they, that that hardcore of a stance is actually the majority in America today? Or do you just feel like that might be the loudest? Obviously it's subjective. We can't yeah. know the, the pulse of America, but. I mean, I <clears throat> would think most people don't really care. They just kind of want to be left alone yeah. to believe what they believe. Yeah. I, maybe I'm totally wrong. Yeah, maybe. Right? Like I live in LA where it's. If, if you are not supportive of every single possible yeah. thing that you can be supportive of, right? So like I see it all every the time. Day, yeah. So I can't really, but my feeling is most people like just kind of want the noise to get dialed down. Um, or to not be in, uh, interrupted by it. I just burped up some <laughs> falafel and... But it's, I was talking. It burning, it's burning my nostrils. But I was you're, talking. You're moving about, on. I yeah. can't move on yet. Let me just have a breath or two. Okay, <laughs> now we're disgusting. Good. All right. Yeah, that's what I feel like right now. It's burning my. Um, it's all the way up in the nostrils. But, <laughs> but I was talking to my little brother about this recently. Who's, you know, he's thirty. He's definitely woke. Uh, if you're listening, Ryan, let's go, Ryan. You're definitely woke. His whole thing was like, why do we have to push any agenda whatsoever? Just let people make the decisions they want to make, okay. Okay. and eventually they'll grow out of it. Or eventually, yeah. that's just who cares. Like his his thing was like, who cares? They'll figure it out. Specifically speaking to the sort of more trans community in the young people, mm -hmm. you know. And he's like, just leave them alone. Let them do what they're going to do, and they'll figure it out. And I'm like, yeah, but at what cost? Yeah, that's the problem. And so the idea of like, ah, we just want to like leave it alone. Just let people do what they want to do or whatever. To me is like, but then what are you, what's, what are the, what issues are we dealing with 10 years from now and 12 years from now and 15 years from now? Oh, because yeah. we just said, listen, just we're not really going to, yeah. Yeah, I would agree. And that, what's interesting too is like, uh, I mean, I'm at the time of this recording, I'm 42, Michael, you're. Gosh, you're. I know, you're, right? Up there. Look at the I'm hair. 37. This is like gone. It's like there's. <laughs> Some stragglers. It's like these guys are the last of the Mohicans here, just hanging out. I've got a, I've got uh, like patches of astroturf in my back that's just <laughs> parked out and hanging out. I could braid it right now. Could you? Yeah. One time, true story. I, I, my wife was gone, and I had to ask my oldest daughter Brooklyn to shave my back. Oh my! She did it, and then within two <laughs> weeks, I got a back shaver from one of my overseers because he was so mortified that I asked my daughter yeah. to shave my back. I feel like it builds character, mm -hmm. like digging holes. Yeah. But uh, here's... As we, she's still probably dealing with that. You yeah, know? it's fine. She's, yeah. she's fine. She can handle it. <laughs> but let's get back to the subject at hand. Yes. Okay, so, you know, I think back, I'm getting older, and I remember being around my aunts and uncles, and they would, in their southern ways, you know, start just talking about, oh my God, the world's mm -hmm. going to hell in a handbasket, and... And, you know, it was, you know, the jokes of sexual innuendos on television. Yep. And then, I mean, that was like before Ellen DeGeneres came out. Was this out in and, and around the time you made me break my secular CDs on the well, altar? I was trying to build Because secular character. CDs were sin? Yeah. Is that, that? Okay. Okay. Just I feel to like you ended up okay, so you're welcome, Michael Whittle. <laughs> also, you know, you made a Listen, it's a fine. it's fine that I spent the entirety of my childhood building an incredible library of secular music that you made me break on an altar. I made Megan do the same thing. <laughs> And you know what she broke? Shania Twain. Okay. Who's you know, okay. bad? He, you want to know another funny story? Under. Okay, I got to tell the story. This. Let's hear it. Let's get back to it. Oh, We're going to so talk good. church hurt in a little while, yeah, too. Yeah, Let me Keep going. Yeah. Uh, one time you caught me, yeah. caught me watching American Psycho. Yeah. 
and I'm pretty sure you made me step down from leadership. I did, yeah. You grounded me from leadership for a month. Yeah, you're welcome, <laughs> first of all. Second of all, uh, speaking of it church was hurt. a little narc. Speaking of church hurt. It was a narc, Courtney Cross, who trauma. told me that you and Daniel Cross were watching American Psycho. We need to change the subject. We showed up at you. They're going to love this episode. <laughs> we showed up at your house, knocked on your bedroom window, and I made you come out and confess. And you did. And you did have mm-hmm. step out of leadership. In full disclosure, <laughs> was that a bit abrasive? Yes. Did you sign a code saying that you wouldn't watch R-rated movies? Yes. That's so true. whose integrity is on the line? Not mine. Hey, and you know what? Not mine. <laughs> so you know what? You end up in, on it's staff true. at a church. I feel like That's true. you're welcome. That's true. I feel like I may have it's saved true. you from the depths of hell, Michael Whittle. Maybe. This is not what we're here to talk hey, about. Here's my question. I am thankful for the strong leadership. Yeah, and there you know you what? Go. We Made changed. We changed ways. You did. We we made a we made about faces mm-hmm. and adjusted. Mm-hmm. But that's it. We'll talk about legalism uh, versus on grace on enough another enough for yep. Puffacast. On enough of Puffacast. No, nope. Now I'm getting canceled. Let's continue. So here's my thing. I I remember listening to aunts and uncles and mom and dad talk about how the mm-hmm. world's going to hell in a handbasket, yep. and their whole point was if somebody doesn't say something, it's only going to get worse. Yep. And, you know, things progress and then, you know, uh, the, the, when it came to the LGBTQ community, that, that wasn't even a phrase no. 20 years ago. It might have been. It was so under the radar. Nobody knew what to do. But there were subtle hints in all areas of media. Mm-hmm. And it was weird at first and then embraced and to the point now where you can't watch a single show on any platform that is not aggressively flaunting. Right. Uh, I'm going to burp again. I can feel it. It hurts so bad sometimes. Get, do you not have like what? Do, what Tums do you, or Rolades or? I just drink Lacroix and it just <laughs> takes care of the gas. This this show is brought to you by LaCroix. Lime Lacroix. So my point is this: that there is a truth to the fact that maybe we don't have to make a. Gosh, this is an old person statement. We don't have to make a fuss about it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, there is a point where you have to say something. Yeah. And so I, I just even remember having a conversation with a friend of mine who is on the, I, I lean conservative when it, politically, not in everything. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't. Um, mostly on, on, you know, like four of the main five or three of the main mm-hmm. five social issues that are kind of plaguing our nation right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember having a conversation with a guy who leans hardcore left. And he's like, why do you even care? Why does this even matter? And, and he didn't realize some of the laws that had been passed that we've talked about some previous podcasts that now my 13, 14 year old daughter mm-hmm. can start taking hormone blockers without yeah, our consent. Without your consent. And that is a direct ripple effect mm-hmm. of stuff that happened yeah. five years ago, 10 years ago. Well, so, and not to make this political. Let's do but it. But last week, Joe Biden said, yeah. we don't rate the parent, something to the effect of parents. Yes. The, the kids aren't just the parents' responsibility; they're all of it's our responsibility. All, right. Which and is, that's a like that's a really bold statement to make that you don't just say accidentally. It's ridiculous. You know? and, so, and 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 I know you voted for Biden and you love Joe Biden. And you have his face tattooed on your back, and I appreciate it. It was great artwork, black and gray. The shading is beautiful. But let's move on. We talked about this last week, or not last week, on our last episode of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Just some of the laws that have been passed in Washington, uh, mm-hmm. even the laws that are on the floor here. 
uh, in, in California, the fact that Washington and California are sanctuary states. So if a minor runs away, the states can actually maintain custody of the child Jeez. to help them. That's, in my opinion, that's demonic. Mm-hmm. Not that I, and I actually, I actually don't believe that the people who are driving this have horrible intentions. I think they have great intentions. I think that they genuinely think they want to help people. So we, we should talk the, about that. The problem is they think history started 20 years ago. For a Because fact. we're forgetting what the uh, what this is the like beginning um, steps towards. Yeah, yeah. That's the scary thing, right? It's and terrifying. that sounds really dramatic, but like it's actually true. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know. Well, that is what's terrifying about it. So the, the question then becomes... Uh, for those of you that are listening that you don't know, uh, me and my wife, Michael Whittle. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! I've been waiting all day to say that. Me and my wife, Megan Robinson, who's much more attractive than he is, uh, pastor church in Orange County, California. Uh, Michael's on staff and has been on staff, uh, a great church in L.A., and so we are proponents of building the church. Mm-hmm. That's, it, that's even even your entrepreneurial uh, adventures that you're in currently. They are all centered around how do we advance the kingdom of yeah. God. And so the question I think that we have to ask is then what is the responsibility of the church? Mm-hmm. Because if we become like my dad was before he passed away, thanks for bringing that up, Michael. Sorry. Uh, on you know the Facebook freaking. You know, he would just like blow your face up with some random statement and you're like weeping as a child (laughs) because he destroyed your heart. Like, and you're like, oh, but could you have just called me or texted me? (laughs) And, and so you're like, oh, okay, maybe that's not the approach, right? So like becoming a social media activist is probably not the approach. What do you feel like the response is? Like when I think about, I don't drink Bud Light. Um, I, I, in fact, I've never had a Bud Light. Really? Ever in my life. I've had, yeah, Bud Light's good. I think I've like had a game or something. No, I never. I've had but a I'll total. But I'll never have one again. No, you will not. <laughs> you, you run over him in your Prius. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I literally drive a white Prius. What's up? My name's Michael. I live in Los Angeles. I drive a Prius. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. It's like a 2008 Prius, isn't it? I think it's a 2013. Let's go. And it's still running on gas. It's still running. Let's go. It's still running. It, my point is I don't even drink Bud Light. I've had a total of three Coors Lights. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, never a whole one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to I'm not gonna ever buy a Bud Light, but not because Dylan Mulvaney is, right. is on there. But at the same time, I feel like that that there in our world today there is a need for a response. Yeah, and I and I so one of the things you said earlier, like your brother Ryan, who we should give everybody his address so they can mail yep. him a letter. Yeah, um, and tell him he's woke. But he needs to come back to the Lord. If you're listening, Ryan, come back. Come, come back, back to the Lord. Come back to we're praying. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when you guys got in like yeah. a nine hour long conversation until oh, yeah. three in the morning about I, him needing to repent, come back to the Lord? That I'm pretty good. good at that. Yeah. He didn't. No. But we're praying for you, Ryan. I do love you. I do love you. Uh, what's his social security number? Okay. Anyways, let's get back on track. This is really inappropriate, Michael. I don't appreciate it. Um, I don't remember what I was saying. So, oh, my, about just let him be. Yeah, okay, he was saying let them Mm -hmm. be, Mm -hmm. and I think that there are a lot of people who do, would probably associate with that, going, why, let let them make the decision. If they want to transition, let them transition. If Mm -hmm. they, let people love who they want to love, let people, and I do think that a lot of people feel that way, and I, don't crucify me, to a certain extent, I can understand that. Like, at the end of the day, we're responsible for our own choices. If you're an adult, you're responsible. Like even Christianity, the mm-hmm. very foundation of our faith is predicated on the fact yeah. that you have to believe. Mm-hmm. And if you don't believe, fine. 
Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. So I do understand that to a certain extent, but I also feel like I don't, I, I don't even want to try. I'll butcher the Martin Luther King quote, but that, uh, there will come a, a moment in your life that the greatest tragedy was your silence. Yep. I, you know, it's not, I'm mm-hmm. butchering it. You mm-hmm. get the idea. Mm-hmm. So I actually do feel like, man, we got to do something. So I think here's my thoughts on this. I want, we want to hear I the wise words of Michael. They're Warner. not very wise. They are. They're not very wise. I think so. You know, we live in a country that is free, right? People can make the decisions they want to make. I think there's a huge difference between what we allow minors to do and what we allow adults to do. Yeah. Right. Um, And then I also think like we live in a world that is fallen. And so there's always going to be sin. Yeah. There's always going to be worldviews differing from what we believe that people believe are going to bring freedom, but we are only going to bring captive. Right. So back to kind of what you said about the, like the social media keyboard warrior kind of thing. Yeah. 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 I agree with that. If you're talking to people that aren't Christians, one conviction I have is that anyone who says there's a Christian, they're a Christian, right, and is propagating unchristian beliefs, yeah, needs to be Great. treated as a wolf. <laughs> Forgive me. But Explain what, but, what you mean by wolf, because some people would think I want to be a wolf. That sounds awesome. Okay, um, my pronouns are. I just, I, what I mean is, <laughs> what I mean is, is like I'm not propagating everyone go on social. <laughs> you know, there, if you do go down the TikTok rabbit hole, there are people that believe that are like, oh, I've seen yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, can't. Yeah. It is yeah. mind blowing, but let's keep when you when you say when you say a wolf. I feel like I'm, was I just a, mean I mean and look I get yeah go for it. There man. are people who are very influential yeah who are wolves in sheep's clothing yeah and I actually do not apologize for saying that yeah I re- routinely get rebuked from my pastor for getting <laughs> in arguments with these people on Twitter and I am not my best human being on there I admit but. What I mean is, is that we have to call a spade a spade. Yeah, great. And so if something, if someone is propagating, they call themselves a Christian. Yeah. A lot of them call themselves pastors or coaches or whatever they call themselves. And it makes, as pastors, it makes their way, its way into our people's feeds all 100%. And so like in LA, for example, what we've had is people who start to believe things that believe it's okay to believe and still be a Christian. Right, because they've seen it modeled, they've seen it spoken about, seen it posted about. Exactly. Yeah. And so I actually think our first priority is not necessarily to be the voice in just the greater culture. Yeah. Saying, hey, this is, you know, this is what we believe, come believe what we believe. I think our first and foremost um, uh, mandate, so I like, to speak, that's a good is a word. very old school charismatic right. word. Well, it's uh, appropriate. Is to protect, I think, I think that as pastors, as church leaders, we've got to like, protect the sheep and mm. protecting the sheep means being willing to call out things that are pretending to be Great. Christian that aren't. And what that's not doing is I don't think that's participating in some culture war. Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, Great. I think that's actually helping like disciple people, yeah. teach people how to think. And that's a really difficult thing to do. But yeah. I think like we have to figure out a way to do that. And again, not be the keyboard warrior. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, which is like, to me, why podcasts like this are amazing. Are crucial. Because it's like, hey, let's actually talk about all these different things yeah. that are happening, that we're seeing, that we're reading. How do we make sense of this? How are we supposed to make sense of this as a Christian? Um, and I actually do think we need to be louder than we've been before in an intelligent, thoughtful Great. way. I don't yeah. know if that answers the question you no, were, I think, were no, asking. You hit, no, it's, it's, it was, that was wise. I didn't really know how to answer that, so I answered it 
You did a you great job I mean? talking until you, it made sense. Okay, perfect. That's so exactly what I did. You. Thank you. No, it's good. I just think like it, it, when somebody say, when you said wolves, some people might not know what that, that's a biblical reference to yeah. sheep, goats, and wolves, and sheep clothing. And I think that that's profound because, and I love what you said. It was very wise. You said, we may not need to be the the bullhorn guy on a soapbox to unbelievers, but if there are people who are professing to be Christians and Christ followers, mm-hmm. that that's a that's a first mandate. Yep. And I think the other thing is, I was just, as I was listening to you talk, just realizing how powerfully important the home is, mm-hmm. like actually talking to your kids yep. about biblical values, mm-hmm. which means if you're on and you're listening, you're a parent, you have to know biblical values, mm-hmm. which is. <laughs> Uh, and I don't, yep, we don't want to do true. that, right? We want to just yeah. feel good, go to church, hear a sermon that makes me feel good, sing a song that makes me have goosebumps. Do you think that... Do you know the Muffin Man? Maybe, <laughs> maybe... He can't even handle in this. In our Christian sort of culture world today, there is an expectation, let's say from parents in churches, that it's the the youth pastors that pastor 100 the kids. 100%. pastors that pastors the kids. And so it's like, we'll let them deal with the stuff that's like... The big stuff. The big stuff. Yeah. Um, which I think is great. I mean, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I'm oh, yeah. who I am today because I had a, you guys and amazing people in my life right. that discipled me. So I'm not discounting that. And you didn't watch American Psych. And I didn't watch American Psych or listen God. to Tupac anymore, apparently. Instead, I listened to DC Talk. Um, but uh, I'm really sorry because I love Tupac <laughs> and my daughter loves Biggie Smalls that more she, than you even wow. know. We listen to Hypnotize on the way to school that almost every hilarious. day. <sighs> but you know, that's uh, but yeah, okay. I think you're right about the parents needing. Yeah, and they do. I think that in everything we do, I mean, my goodness, I'm currently training for a Spartan race, and I know people are getting tired of hearing me talk about it. Also, I'm remembering that my allergies are going crazy, so my eyes probably look like I've been Does hotboxing. It, do, can you be, been. you're training for a Spartan race? I am training for a Spartan race. So do you post like videos and stuff of you working out? Uh, yes, sure. You do? No. Okay. No. Because you, you kind of like if you're a if you're a senior pastor and yeah, you work out, I you do. have to post pictures of yourself working out. I Otherwise, you're not really literally out. never posted a picture of myself working out. I haven't either because I I just don't. That's but, my point. Not all of us have the great dad bod like <laughs> you do. But that's amazing. You're doing a race though. My whole point is this. Sorry. Yeah. I want to eat like I want to eat. Yeah. And have a lifestyle like I would want to have and be able to run the Spartan race in record time. And that's impossible. Like the race we signed up for, it's at elevation of 6,000 feet and it climbs 1,500 feet. It's stupid. I don't even know what, I'm going to die. I'm going to literally die. And, um, and, and I think that parents and I think Christians in, in general, this is a sweeping generalization, would love to have all the faith, all the miraculous things that God does. There's a burp again. Whew. Oh, you can't handle the ADD of this. this is no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. You're doing great. Mm-hmm. You just ignore it like an old sage. <laughs> you kind of remind me of Master Shifu from Kung Fu Panda. Today is a gift. You just have all the wisdom in the world. <laughs> you do. You're like, <laughs> that's what you, really you've always been an old really soul. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. What's that his name? Master Ugwe. That's I, even, yeah. I literally know. Yesterday what you're is about. history. Tomorrow's a mystery. What movie is this? Today is a gift. That's why it's called the present. <laughs> that's what I think of. You're like Master freaking Ugwe over here. That's like I'm burping. You're just not even smiling. You're you're annoyed. I'm, I'm not annoyed at all. That's you. You I'm are. Just listen, I'm just. Well, listen. Let's, we need to have. I'm serious just reading all your text messages that are. There's up only live t- on there's here. two. I'm there's kidding. one that came in. 
My point is this. Here's what I'm trying to say to you. <laughs> I'm trying to say this. We want all the benefits without the hard work. Yeah. And then when when the crap hits the proverbial fan, we want to moan about it. We want to complain about it. We want to blame everybody else about it. And really, we have sort of prerogative to do something. So in the yeah. family, we have to start by teaching mm-hmm. what the values of the Word of God are. And let's just be honest. There's some hot topic items right now. Nobody's arguing over circumcision anymore. Right. So the hot topic items are around Christian sexual ethic, abortion, mm-hmm. gender, and maybe immigration, but that's not even a big of a yeah. deal because equity, Dylan Mulvaney, yeah, yeah, right. yeah equity inclusion yeah. Mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So those are the ones we have to actually know and talk about. So you you can do some research. We talk about that here in this podcast and at the church because we want people to know, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you got to teach in the home. Totally. Yeah, good about that? Uh, 100%. And I have a two-year-old son, so I have yeah. no understanding of how that works, but I do know I want to do... Yeah, absolute best. Well, I'll tell you right now. It's terrifying. I mean, the stuff that we hear, this, God, this sounds so like alarmist, but like the stuff we hear that is being taught in Mm -hmm. schools, specifically not actually directly being taught, right? Mm -hmm. In Los Angeles. So like, for example, our next door neighbor, she's got a son who's in the third grade, Mm -hmm. uh, sent him to, he has some food allergies. So first day of school this year, sent him to school with a packed lunch and some new school supplies. She picked him up at the end of the day. He goes to an L.A. public school. Mm-hmm. Picked him up at the end of the day. He had an unopened lunch and unopened school supplies. And uh, at this school, nobody gets to bring their own lunch or school supplies because they give every kid the exact same lunch and the exact same school supplies mm. so that no kid feels any different than the other. Interesting. And that's like a super subtle. Yep. Okay, that's like insanely subtle. But but. I'm removing the need for the, the parents of authority. Uh, no explanation, which yeah. literally, if you look at the scope of what that is, just that basic situation, that's like a kid coming home asking, hey, mom or dad, how come so-and-so has more expensive shoes than I do? Mm-hmm. How come they eat this and I eat mm-hmm. this? Or how come they, it's like, actually, that's life that needs to be explained. And if you look at it from that super, like, tiny, tiny it, level. Infinitesimal. You're actually teaching every kid, well, you're the same. Or at least you're the same in here, and everyone needs to think everyone is the same. We're teaching the kids that the the authority, the government authority, yes. gives you your value. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Which is what's terrifying, and, and so that's like such a small thing. I know. No, no, but no. But if you think about the subtleties on the surface, that feels really kind. And the the people, there are people listening, to compassionate hearts right yeah. now are going, "Oh my gosh, thank God we're giving meals to kids who don't have money." So it's not what 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 you're not saying is we shouldn't help no. kids who can't afford to take care of no i'm definitely saying that you hate totally kidding i'm not saying that at all you're like oh those freaking poor kids (laughs) where are you from southeast la i don't call them poor kids i call them poors you're not you're definitely not from orange county oh my god so i grew up poor (laughs) sorry that's all right no it's all right it must be nice to have your white privilege (laughs) i grew up excruciatingly poor and i did on food stamps Mm -hmm. and uh like we would go to, you've never, I guarantee no one listening has ever heard of Super One Foods. None of you have. Um, and so it was this grocery store that I don't even know how it existed. They would have Shasta. They mm-hmm. wouldn't have ma- name brand sodas. It would be like Dr. Shasta mm-hmm. and Shasta Lightning, which yep. was like the equivalent of Mountain Dew. And like f- they didn't have Fruit Loops. They had Fruity Holes in a bag. Right. Don't laugh. I'm not making that up. <laughs> Why are you laughing? It's inappropriate. <laughs> What's your problem? It's real. Okay, 
Guys, I don't appreciate this. Is, <laughs> you guys are in it. Paul said to the pure, all things are pure. Yep. Let's get back on track. My point is this. We would go to the cash register. And this is also back when you, now if you have, are on food stamps, you get a card. It looks mm-hmm. like a credit card. Back then, it looked like Monopoly money or like the Chinese yen. And so you go to the cash register. Shut up, Brooklyn. I don't care if it's the right currency. That's my daughter. She's over there making fun <laughs> of me. We go to the cash register and you're buying like Dr. Shasta yeah. and like flour and... Probably Velveeta because we were from Texas mm-hmm. and you ate Had that to make crap. Queso. Had to make queso with some powdered cheese mm-hmm. concoction. <laughs> and you would start pulling out this Monopoly money and the 16-year-old punk kid cash register would be like, mm-hmm. and then would pull up the phone and be like, uh, we have food stamps <laughs> on aisle four. Uh, the guy with yeah. the cutoff sweatshorts right here, his embarrassed son next to him, they're very poor people. <laughs> Can I have some help for the food? Again, food stamps. Yeah. Do you see, he's running away. Yeah. In Dallas. They probably live in an apartment. Yeah, they do. We definitely live in an apartment. <laughs> then hang up the phone. Then, like, the ambulance would show up because nobody knew how to do food stamps. And, like, like I think oh. Governor Rick Perry was there. It's actually kind of heartbreaking. That's kind of heartbreaking to think about you in that scenario. Well, but here's the thing. Thank you. You're so compassionate. Mm-hmm. You're not compassionate towards poor kids today, <laughs> but poor poor Carrie. Yeah. I'm kidding. Michael's very compassionate for the listeners. I am. We're going to lose listeners. All, all six are going to stop listening. <laughs> Here's my point. It, that was challenging, mm-hmm. but it also built character. Yeah. And and I'll tell you one thing I love is to see my dad stand there. Yeah. And and not be not be wavered mm-hmm. and go. I can't change this right now. Yeah. And we're I'm not gonna move. I'm not gonna humiliate my son. Mm-hmm. And we bought the groceries. And I think we were on food stamps for a total of like six months or yeah. eight months because my dad was like, we are not gonna mooch off the system. Mm-hmm. We, we can't do anything now, but we have we need right. this. And I think that's what the system mm-hmm. should be. Mm-hmm. Totally. And so the point is, I think there's something to the character building of the pain of life because yes. life is painful. 100%. 100%. It doesn't, it doesn't get easier as you get older. No. And we rob children of opportunities for growth. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean I think we should subject them to pain. Totally. And I'm not talking about abuse that no, is pain. Exactly. Or, or yes, neglect. Of course, if someone needs help and their family yeah. needs help. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's like the whole notion of everybody gets a trophy because yeah, everybody wins. Exactly. Which is absolutely ridiculous. Right. Like if everybody, nobody wins at all things in life ever. Right. I know you do. You're awesome. But yeah. it doesn't happen. And so you you rob children, you rob people of opportunity. So yeah. we're not even talking about winning trophies yeah. in soccer. Yeah. But I feel like I got us off track, but with the story about the school. But I think the point is, is that on the surface, again, it just, it looks loving and kind. Yes. And really what I think we're doing is we are robbing an entire uh, generation of, of how to think and be strong. Yeah. And um, and if, yeah, like where, where does it end? Now we sound like the people we were talking about. Where does it end? But you do have to ask that question. Where does it end? Yeah, but I was just thinking when you said that and you got us back on track, it was so gracious of you. You did it so gently. Um, <laughs> I was thinking about... Even in, in the Garden of Eden, mm-hmm. when the enemy, when Satan shows up to deceive the weaker vessel, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I knew. You I knew was I was going to. Down. When, the, when the enemy shows up to deceive Adam and Eve, yep. he doesn't come with this aggressive approach. He comes with, it almost was compassionate. Mm-hmm. Did he really say you would die? Mm-hmm. And then he comes in and he goes, you're not going to die. Mm-hmm. You're going to know more. Mm-hmm. This is better for you. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not suggesting that the government is the devil, Bobby Boucher. Right. I'm just saying that there's there that it's just because it's masked in compassion doesn't make it right. Right. 
And so the question to come back to is, what's the role of the church? So we definitely need to be teaching in our homes. And I love that you said we don't need to be aggressively going after those that aren't Christians. Mm-hmm. Uh, we definitely need to be standing up against Christians, not against, but speaking truth to Christians who are propagating false information mm-hmm. and, and a lack of theology. But what's like, what about like the regular Joe who mm-hmm. goes, he's going to work tomorrow mm-hmm. or he's driving to work now and, and he's going to go sit in a cubicle and he's got, you know, people that he sits around or she sits around that are woke or they, maybe they don't even know that they, what they think, but they, it's a weird environment. They don't know what to say. What do you think about those? What, what's they, what what's their do? step? If they're a follower of Jesus mm-hmm. and they're like, I don't, I don't like this that's happening, but I don't want to say anything. Yeah. So I just read this interesting statistic um, that, so, okay, so 10, even 15 years ago, um, let's say you were living in your neighborhood and let's say your neighbor found out you were a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, their immediate, uh, if questioned about you, they would automatically assume that you were more moral than they were mm. and that you were kinder and more generous than they were. Mm. That is now flipped. So wow. you live in a neighborhood in many parts of the country. Sure. So I live in a neighborhood. I find out my next door neighbor is a Christian. Uh, likely, I now, at least in a lot of parts of the country, I instead of believing them to be the more moral person, mm. I believe them to be the um, wow. less inviting, less uh, less tolerant, right? less yeah. tolerant. Wow, wow, wow. So I think the thing that we have to remember is that with non Christians, um, with the lost, yeah. Um, that uh, the lost sheep of Israel, Michael. There is real, yeah. The lost sheep of Israel, <laughs> Israel, God's chosen people. Thank you. Um, um, uh, th- it's actually, I, I actually think, and this is where it gets super practical and yeah. super pastoral. But do you have a, do you even have a relationship great, with someone? Great. Can you like question someone putting their pronouns in their email signature if you don't even have any kind of relationship with great. them whatsoever? And so I think honestly, as basic as it sounds is if you're a Christian at a workplace, are you actually just like loving Great. the people that you work with and being kind to them and actually like going and grabbing a beer with them after right, work or right. asking about their family and building equity in that relationship with them? Not right. so that you can do like a, ha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Not a bait and switch. But so that you're building an, an uh, because what will happen is at some point they will be experiencing something difficult. Mm. And because we take ourselves to work, you'll know it and a conversation yeah. will open up. Um, and then I think that's when those conversations can be, that's great. Can be had. Th- just that whole concept of relationship mm-hmm. preceding yes, 100%. any, any type of challenge. Mm-hmm. I think that's profound and, and investing for the sake of investing in them because they're humans exactly, and not to invest in them to prove yeah. your point or to convert them to your political party. Exactly. I think that's the yeah. key, right? It's yeah. just like, Great. And, and remember, it's not the person that it's the idea. Great. You're not critiquing a person. You're critiquing an idea. Great. And you actually can have a relationship with somebody who has different ideas than you. Um, and, I think that has to be step number one. The problem is that's like the long, what is it Eugene Peterson talks about? A long, slow walk in the same direction. Yeah. Being That's a lost art. That's a lost it's art. It's a really lost yeah. art, especially when the younger you are, the less time you stay at a job. But we're not right, right. We that's won't. a whole different conversation for a whole other day. Yeah. But I just think that's all you can do. Great. build relationship and not show up every day going, I'm the champion of truth at this workplace. And Look I'm at my like, Lord's Gym t-shirt. I'm going to leave the Daily Wire up on my computer screen yeah. and hope that my neck, you know. I like hope whatever. you see Ben Shapiro's yeah. face yeah, 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 and yeah. ask me don't about it. Like, don't be the meme. Right? Yeah, great. 
I love it. With your Tiva sandals. Exactly. Love it. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's great. I do think it's important that you, for yourself, have the right and responsibility to stand up for yourself, but to do so in a non-arrogant, yeah. non like I'm trying the words I'm thinking of are not appropriate because our podcast will get an mm -hmm. e explicit by it, but just don't be that jack wagon. Yeah. I heard a really cool example of this in a story recently that I thought was really smart. Let's, why don't you share that with us, Michael? Would that be helpful? Story time with story Michael time. Little. It's Robert kind of the, Michael the Little. Wise that, yeah, the Robert The wise is innocence. Wise is what? Serpents. Wise Harmless as dove. Serpent. Yeah. Great. So I heard a story about a pastor. In Let me tell a, your story um, for you. Yeah. A pastor in like a really one of the a major urban city um and he was trying to get in a building mm. uh to rent for his church and he found out that the board of the building they were trying to rent was all incredibly progressive mm. and he knew what their statement and belief was and he knew what they believed and they weren't going to waver on that and so they were having this big meeting to sort of talk about hey this yeah. is an issue that we're not really going to be able to like you know and uh, he said, he said, you know, I literally just prayed before I went in and said, God, I, if this comes up, I need you to help me talk about it in mm. a way that's not offensive, but that also stands up for what, what we Great. believe as a church. And so the conversation comes up and he kind of just looks to them and says, hey, listen, we're two people with two different worldviews and sets of ideas. Um, I want to be really tolerant and respectful of yours. And I'm just hoping that you can be tolerant and respectful of mine. Great. And not essentially... Uh, he kind of like used their language, used their their language to sort of kind of say like, "Hey, listen, I'm not necessarily coming in here trying to keep you from doing something because of your belief. You're the inclusive ones. Yeah. I would hope that in your openness Great. and inclusivity, you would not prevent me excellent from doing." And he said it just like the room went silent. Everyone kind of looked around and they were like, "Okay, you're we're gonna let you rent this building." That's great. And I think like. That's not some super smart statement. It's just kind of saying like, hey, we're all humans. We have to pit each other against one another. That's fantastic. And it's not, um, it's it's disarming. Exactly. And I think sometimes, man, even I think about like the the majority of the fights that Megan and I have in our marriage is because all Me your fault. Megan has major issues, but we're, we are, she's seeing a lot of therapists. <laughs> Yeah, driving you. Really, to what them. I say as I say, I say she's seeing a lot of their offices while I waiting say, for you to come I out say, of the therapy appointment. Megan, if you'll just model how I live, your life will be better. Follow me as I follow Christ. That's man. what I say to her. I say one way, Jesus, <laughs> and uh, it has been. I, that's where I've seen the most growth in her. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> the biggest. That's not true, but I mean, she's she's fantastic. I see the therapist and. And she prays for me. But mm -hmm. my point is this, that the majority of the fights that we get into, we end up arguing about things that were not the original, the origin of the conversation. Mm -hmm. It's like, we're now, we, we you know, I, I, I drank her LaCroix and she's upset. Mm -hmm. But when I, when she said, did you drink my LaCroix? I was like, well, why are you giving me an attitude? And she mm -hmm. said, I didn't give you an attitude. What, you know, and then all of a sudden it's like, bah, 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 bah. Yep. and we've created an, uh, this environment where neither of us want to be vulnerable. Neither mm -hmm. of us want to have an actual conversation. We want to prove the other person wrong. Mm -hmm. And when she fails over and over at that again, no, I'm kidding. But that's the, that's the biggest challenge is that's not a safe environment to have actual conversation i love what your friend did or whoever it was that did that 
Maybe you just made that story up, but I'm pr- it's a parable. It's, it's a parable. parable. I, I think that there's something beautiful about that. And I, we have a, a, a woman in our church, and I may get the story slightly wrong, but works for a, a company, and they sent out an, an email mass to the whole company. Hey, I want you to start adding your pronouns to the signature of your email. And she was conflicted because she's like, I don't want to lose my witness, but I don't agree with this because I'm not, that's just not who I am. And she prayed through it and was just, it was like genuine, like, I really want to do this right. And she just went respectfully to her boss and said, I really want to honor you. And I'm grateful for my job. I love what I do. But for me to do that is a conflict of what I believe. Mm-hmm. She didn't go, she didn't shoot it back and like to reply to all. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. Had a With pri- a Bible verse. Yeah, she had a private <laughs> yeah. conversation and her boss was like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I understand, and thank you. Mm-hmm. And I think, so So it's one thing if you're talking to somebody uh, and, and they're asking questions about what you believe, it's also another thing to make sure you're standing up for mm-hmm. what it is you believe for yourself. Mm-hmm. We, we can't yeah, just right. be passive on every side mm-hmm. and hope that we're gonna even remotely head in a healthy direction. So and so, but it's challenging, mm-hmm. it's not easy. Mm-hmm. And so if we just drink Bud Light, no, I'm kidding, I'm not an advocate for Bud Light or any beer of that matter. That's right. That's not true. Um, what else do you want to talk about? We've hit everything we need to talk about. Yeah. Let's talk church hurt. Okay. We can talk church hurt. Let's do it. Um, we could also talk about women in ministry. <laughs> Is another one? Why are you laughing so hard? Why do you, you just, <laughs> you're poking the bear? Poking the bear. She's sitting right over there. Mm-hmm. We've already done one on women in ministry. Yeah. And memory, You know, I think, I, here's my thought is, um, why don't you give us a, a concluding thought uh, for the podcast today? Because we've got a lot of li- listeners who mm-hmm. are much younger than me who um, are just trying to figure out how do I navigate uh, the world that I live in and be a follower of Jesus and not be a jack wagon, mm-hmm. but also not be silent. I want you to speak to that individual. And, you know, they're probably in their 20s, early 30s. And they, they're the, the world that they know yeah. is vastly different than the world that I know. Yeah. I grew up in a hardcore conservative home. Mm-hmm. Couldn't watch cartoons because Gargasmel from the Smurfs prayed to Beelzebub. Mm-hmm. So we had to watch Gospel Bill, mm-hmm. Willie George, and uh, Miss Lana. We had to watch that kind of stuff growing up. And all my friends would make mm-hmm. fun of me. They're doing Care Bear Stare, but that was demonic. So like, that's my life. So I come from such a completely different background, but you, you even spoke to it. you. I'm giving you time to think. You you spoke to it. you didn't grow up in a Christian home. You're you're in Los Angeles, which is one of the you know three or four most mm-hmm. extremely liberal cities mm-hmm. in our nation. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to a young person listening that's just like, how do I navigate through this life as a Christian? Gosh, I'm gonna sound like such a pastor. Let's go. Here. That's a good thing. By uh, the way, that's okay. I think. The um, the first thing is I think you have to actually know what you believe, right? And um, why you believe it. So I think the days of just um, doing Christianity on inspiration is done. Mm, I don't think you, I honestly don't think you're gonna make it. It's too confusing. I'm confused. Mm. Part of the journey I've been on in the last few years is because in. April, May, and June, and July of 2020, I was like, wait a minute, what do I believe about what? How? Great. You know what I mean? So uh, I think you absolutely just have to know what the Bible says. Mm. What does it mean? Ask the question, what does it mean before you ask, what does it mean to me? Great. Right? Like, Great. Like, like, like 
love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, right? Yeah. So I think you I think you have to know, which means I think you have to make time mm. to to learn and study. And that Great. doesn't mean you have to be a scholar, but it means you have to, um, you know, know enough to be able to back what you yeah. what you really believe. So I think that's huge. Um, I think the other thing is, um, I think remembering. Gosh, I think remembering that people are people mm. and the ideology that they're swept up in isn't like a necessary indication of who they are, right? And so I think it's it's being uh, soft and kind, but also, you know, Great. not willing to um, give a pass to something when something needs to be spoken about, Great. right? Um, and then... Yeah, I think it's just finding that balance. I personally don't think it can be done without the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Fantastic. Honestly. Yeah. So I think if you're trying to do it basically just out of knowledge, it's just toast. It, knowledge puffs up, right? Yeah. So I think that it's all of the basics, but it's like making it a vigilant discipline to like do those basics. Mm. Um, I think it sounds so cliche, but I don't know how you do it without knowing our Bible, reading our Bible, spending time with God being involved in a local church, having people in our lives that we bounce these off of and that yeah. we have these conversations with. Great. Um, and then honestly, like kind of like take a break from the noise every now mm. and then, you know? Um, and, and when you do engage in this stuff and try and wrap your head around it, like find some stuff that goes in depth and does that make sense? No, it makes like, total I just think, sense. I think we, I, I just think we cannot, we have to challenge ourselves intellectually. Mm. Uh, so that we know this stuff, not but, just inspiration, not just inspirationally, but also <clears throat> knowledge without the grace that comes with the Holy Spirit <laughs> is, you know, yeah, it's it's not worth it. You know, as you're talking, which is that was profound and great. And as you're talking, I was thinking that one of the things that I've seen emerge so much over the last three years specifically is the deconstruction of the church. I wouldn't even call it deconstruction. A good friend of mine, he has a podcast with some buddies. It's called Bros, Bibles, and Beer. And uh, they're, I, it's one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. They're great dudes. And uh, one of the guys on there, his name is Andy. And he says, I don't, I don't like to call it de deconstruction because the idea of deconstruction is I'm going to tear it down to build it back up. But what we're seeing is demolition, mm -hmm. like just exploding it. Mm -hmm. And I think that one of the things I've seen is that so many followers of Jesus, uh, as we cross the threshold of the last three years, they, they're so frustrated with the church, they're hurt by the church, or mm -hmm. would say that they're hurt by the church. And, um, and just kind of like disgruntled with that, and, and in that process, kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater. Why don't you speak to that for a minute, like to the people who are listening or some, maybe even some of the things you've seen. Yeah. Um, and, and before, I won't say any more. So why don't you speak to that? Because I have some thoughts regarding that, but so, speak to that for a minute. I think that, first of all, church hurt is a real thing because, mm -hmm. to borrow from a friend of mine, where there's people, there's problems. Right. But I think it's identifying <clears throat> where, like, wh what are you hurt by? Mm. Are you hurt because the small group leader responded like without an exclamation point <laughs> in their email to you, or they held you accountable to something you said you were going to do. Like what, like, I, I think it's actually worth going. I'm hurt. What exactly am I? Hurt yeah. By? Yeah. Um, is this, I, I think it's, I think it's a, I think it's a really easy scapegoat. Totally. I also think there's really bad situations. Totally. And it's real. And there are 
crappy small group leaders and pastors yeah. and also just people who have bad days. Yep. <laughs> you know? And so I think the big thing is, is, and I've been through church hurt in mm. a sense of like, I've experienced it just yeah. like anybody sure, else sure, has experienced sure. it. Um, and through, especially my early twenties, the last thing I wanted to do was be in church. Mm. Um, but I, I, I remembering what God did in my life when I got saved, mm. I knew that it wasn't something I could just like, like walk away from. Great. So for me, the only reason I made it through my season of church hurt is just cause I kept going. Mm. And I think that's one of the quickest things we do is we just say like, well, I'm going to just like throw this whole thing out because someone hurt my feelings or I, whatever. Um, and I think you just, you have to like, that's convenient. Stay. That's a convenient like, way, really right? Convenient. Yeah. Uh, and I think there's also two different tracks. There's like something upset me. Someone hurt my feelings. Mm -hmm. I, I think oftentimes we like project our wants, needs and desires on our church. Oh yeah. And great. Then if that doesn't give, if, if that doesn't fulfill great. the thing we want to fulfill, like at the end of the day, we're adults, but guess what? We still want to belong to this group or that yeah. group or this whatever. And so like, it's not church hurt when like the stuff we wanted, does that make sense? Yeah. So I think you does. have to actually define what am I hurt by? Great. Before you can actually understand like, what do I do about it? Great. And most of what I see and experience is, it's kind of like that. It's kind of like, I didn't get to sit at the right lunch table or I yeah, wanted to do this. Didn't get picked for dodgeball. Or, hey, I had an idea that they didn't run with or mm. the personality of this leader I don't mesh well with yeah. or whatever. And I think like, that's not her. That's just normal life. Yeah, great. And so I think you have to be able to distinguish between what exactly am I hurt by? How, how did it, does you, that make sense? It, to, it totally does. I, you know, it's easy for me as a, a current sitting senior pastor to, to say that all church hurt is silly people with, you know, uh, you know, yeah, hurt yeah. feelings. Mm, yeah. You didn't let me have the cordless mic on the worship team. <laughs> I had to have the cord. And how come I couldn't lead out of they the song? They only let me lead the fast song. Mm, and hey, why song. can't oh I be the God. one leading a group? I have to go to your group. Blah, 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 blah. Or, uh, yeah, you signed the honor code and you said you were gonna sleep, weren't going to sleep with your boyfriend. And now and we're not going to let you continue because yeah. you did. That's not hurt. That's called confronting sin. Yeah. That's what we're called to do with one another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The person that... Never mind. Yeah, so that I think so it's easy for me to be like, yeah, okay, but there are some valid scenarios. I've totally. I've experienced yep. some pain. I don't like to call it church hurt personally, because the church can't hurt you. Mm -hmm. People in the church can, mm -hmm. and people in the church will. People in life will hurt yep. you. And I think about Jesus was betrayed yeah. by one of his closest friends, and was abandoned by all but one of them. Mm -hmm. Was denied three times by Peter. So talk about being hurt by people. I mean, mm -hmm. like, I just think about sometimes, I'm going to take a rabbit trail, but I think about that moment at when Jesus is on trial and, and he and Peter make eye contact and Peter's denying him. Like, Jesus going, Come on, I, w I just wish you had just mm -hmm. stood up for me. Mm -hmm. Or like Joseph of Arimathea, who didn't wasn't there. Mm -hmm. Nicodemus, who wasn't there. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah. Obviously it's not going to change the course of history, but just be there, you yeah. know? So that there's no doubt about that. There's that. So how did you navigate through the valid parts that were painful mm -hmm. and how'd you d differentiate the valid parts that are painful and maybe just some of your insecurities on display? Mm -hmm. I mean, and we all, I don't, I'm not attacking yeah, you, yeah, no, no, totally. but we all have insecurities and, and I just find more often than not when I get my feelings hurt, it's because my insecurity is triggered 
and is yeah. less because of something that someone actually did. One hundred percent. Yeah, and and we project past hurts and pains on the current totally. people that we're yeah. are are doing that with. I think. Uh, Gosh, how did I? Well, I think there's a couple things. I think there is some very serious, not very serious, but it as a as a 21 year old, yeah. 22 year old, I experienced some stuff that shook my identity, my security, mm. um, and I think that you have to also, and this is this is just gonna sound so cliche, but like you have to look at the big picture of everything that happened mm. and realize you're not the center of everything. Great. So, hey, all this stuff that happened to me wasn't some like conspiracy, like yeah. it wasn't a bunch of people going, we really wanna hurt this kid. Right. It was like, no, actually when I know what was going on here and here and what this person, sorry, right. was struggling with and all of that, it's <clears> like <throat> you sort of go, oh, okay, so maybe I was some collateral damage. Mm right it doesn't make it right it doesn't make it right and it doesn't make it okay and it no. doesn't mean that it doesn't i mean i remember when i first started getting back into church leadership going to church meetings i get panic attacks on the way mm. to to church leaders to to meetings um and i had to really work through that for me i had people in my life like yourself that talked me through that i had people i talked to a therapist about mm -hmm. it you know mm -hmm. and that was like really difficult level stuff i think in day-to-day -day church life yeah uh, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Mm -hmm. I'd rather have someone, I would much rather value somebody who wounds me from time to time than always affirms everything I do. Great. I say watch out for the person that affirms everything. Oh yeah, great. So is it church hurt or do you actually have like really good friends or maybe not friends, but people that really care about you? Right, right. So I know I'm going a bit all You're over doing the place. Great. I don't know You're if I'm answering great. your question. So I think again, it's figuring that out great. and it's trying to determine that. And then having the people in your life to go to and say, hey, am I being, uh, help me see this in mm. a charitable, gracious way to the person who hurt me. Excellent. Um, I think if you do any other thing, now obviously there's cases of abuse. Right. Like we're, we're giving a massive disclaimer that. We're not talking about a pastor who sexually molests no. a child. Here. Yeah, exactly. We're not or, talking about someone who's stealing money from a staff member. Exactly. We're talking about the the common things that happen between it, it, church leadership and exactly. church laity. Exactly. Yeah. And I just go, what do I know about this person and what they're dealing with? Mm, what great. are the insecurities I know they have? What are the insecurities I know I have? Mm. And then I think, you know, the minute you the minute you start to go from like, okay, no one's for me to everyone's against me, Ooh. or this person's not just not for me, but now they're against me. Like you're, you need to like legitimately go, okay, pump the brake. This is actually, regardless of what this person did to me, this actually isn't the way that I need to think about yeah, this. Great. And so it's like, it's I have family members that are in AA and it's radical ownership mm -hmm. and going like, gosh, not necessarily what I do to cause this or contribute to it, but I can't control what they did. Great. But I don't want to be, what's the classic thing? It's like me taking poison. What's the, you know, the classic yeah, thing? Yeah, taking rat poison and watching, the, waiting for the other person yeah. to die. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so, and then, and then I just think that, and then I think if something or someone, whether it's a pastor or a leader or just another person, like if you are letting something fester over a long period Ooh. of time and you don't go to that, they, they're oblivious to what they've Very done good. you're actually now telling stories in your head yeah and so like it just takes like some boldness and courage to say hey this actually really hurt my feelings or, yeah hey, this hurt me or hey i feel like you're and that's church community right and that's actually healthy so like there actually should be tension 
Yeah, absolutely. That's beautiful. I don't know if any of that is what you're asking. No, it's beautiful. And 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 if I if I may dovetail on that, going to someone doesn't mean that how you respond will be dependent upon how they respond. Right. Because they might think, well, you're an idiot, mm-hmm. or they might continue and perpetuate, or they might go, I don't even know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. That's irrelevant. But having the conversation is is step one. That's in Matthew 18. Mm-hmm. Go to your brother who yeah. sinned against you. You don't and talk to somebody else to no. help process. That's the new thing. Oh, the new thing is, let me just help. Let me. Can you help me process something? Right. As it's I just baloney. Let me just vomit still, gossip. Right. No, that's yeah, that's gossip. Yeah. And you know that that person, it's like my wife, like, or like if I'm talking She's to you, a let's just say hypothetically, Jill, I come to you. We're really worried about your gossip issues. Yeah. Jill. Yeah. yeah. No, but let's say I come to you and yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you about something that my wife and I are going through. Yeah. Okay. Like you're not just going to take my side. No. You're going to go, actually, Michael, let's look at you. Yeah. Let's look at you. I'm going to call your wife. Like what's going on? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think if you are routinely talking to people that are continuing to perpetuate it's an echo your chamber. hurt and pain then you're actually not talking to the right person. No. You want the person that's going to go like, I want my friends, I want to have to like yell and scream at them for them to be like, finally feel how I'm feeling. Yeah. Because I want them to always go, what can you learn from this? Great. And I think that it's all about the people you process. That takes with. high maturity and emotional quotient because we want, the, 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 the heroes of our day are victims. Yes. So if you are a victim, you are a heroine in our world today, mm-hmm. in our current cultural moment. Mm-hmm. And so the more you're a victim, the more you're celebrated, the more, oh my gosh, they've wronged you. And I mean, you see that in almost every news case yeah. today. Mm-hmm. It's how do we lift up the victim? And I understand the heartbeat of where that comes from. And it is good to make sure that we're taking care of people who have been victimized with actual 100%. abuses. Yes. But it takes it takes a strong person to surround themselves with friends who are not an echo chamber. Right. And if you like you said if you only have people perpetuating gossip and hurt, you're actually slowly drowning you just don't even know yeah. it. Because now the narrative that you have spun up about that person or that instance or that church or that entity, it now is bleeding into every relationship, probably not with peers, but every authoritative relationship mm-hmm. that you have. Mm-hmm. Because you have established yourself as the victim and all other yeah. people are the oppressors. Mm-hmm. And that is a damning place it to really be. It really is. Because it, it, it leads to a small life, marginalized living. Mm-hmm. It leads to it leads to midlife crisis of epic proportion that you don't even know are coming in 15 years because you've surrounded yourself with people who just go, Oh, you, that was horrible. Mm -hmm. They should have never done that. Mm -hmm. This is the apps. And and so again, we're, we're separating from extreme cases and even when they're valid, Mm -hmm. even when they're valid, Mm -hmm. all, all of the pastors in our life, if we, we have an open line. So to those pastors, but in our marriage, if we're ever in a fight and sometimes we threaten each other, I'm about to call our overseers right mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we're like, just go for it. Do it. And we know all of our overseers will, if Megan calls them, they will go, well, what did you do, Megan? And if I call them, they'll go, well, Carrie, what did you say? Mm-hmm. What did you do? All right, let's get both of you on the phone. Mm-hmm. And then they'll say, Carrie, stop being a knucklehead. Mm-hmm. Megan, that was not appropriate. Yeah. And so that what that does is it brings strength to us because we realize 
I don't just have someone in my life who's telling me what I freaking want to hear. Right. <laughs> I know. And that's, but we love that in this world. Mm-hmm. And so if you're listening still and you have some church hurt, man, our heart goes out to you. Totally. We've both experienced. I've seen, can I, you can cut this part out if you want. Just don't I've, say names. I've, I, the reason I think that you are so equipped to talk about this specifically is because I've seen you walk through that. Mm-hmm. I've actually seen like, you know what I mean? So I think you're not, you're not saying this as someone who's like actually been detached from it. Sure. You're actually saying it from someone who's like gone through it. Sure. And kept, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I'm not trying to like, no, that's fair. Honor where honors do. Thank you. Um, but I am saying, but in all honesty, you, um, have walked through it and you've served God through it and you've built the church through it. And so I think you actually do have an authority to speak to it because you have experienced at levels that, is like is you you would win most competitions <laughs> maybe do you know what i'm saying maybe yeah i appreciate um, you saying that anyways so i appreciate you so saying i that. say all that to say i don't it, neither one of us are up here just go just get over it right right but i appreciate we, you we saying also that. have experienced it and walked through yeah it. yeah and i what i've experienced is very real hurt and pain and i've experienced real honestly if if i'm being candid it it triggered at the deepest core of my greatest insecurities yeah. And that was the part I hated is I actually gave people power in my life mm-hmm. because I allowed moments of something said, mm-hmm. something spoken to other people, something spoken from pulpits mm-hmm. to almost mold into concrete negative personal affirmations. Yep. So I actually gave that moment more, more power, power than it deserved by letting it resonate, mm-hmm. by by meditating on it, by believing it, mm-hmm. and then it became so powerful that now I'm doing more work excavating that yep. than if I had just chosen in that moment to go, oh, you know, I, they had a bad moment, like you mm-hmm. said. Yeah, and, and, and actually are still very loving and honoring yeah. and gracious about those people. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. But thank you. Stop talking about me. Yeah, my more point, about you. Let's my point, about, my here, point here, is, my, my point is, it is in the moment, it's extremely challenging to think, I'm going to choose forgiveness. Yeah. But there is so much more damage on the other side of mm-hmm. bitterness that, like when I say like those foundational thoughts mm-hmm. that were like set in concrete mm-hmm. and I can remember I was standing when yep. things were said. Mm-hmm. And so that was, but that's, they'll be accountable for yeah. how they treated me, but I am responsible for how I let it impact right. me. And so if you're listening and you're struggling with church hurt, maybe a great thing to do would be to just ask the Holy Spirit to show you where you can learn, you mm-hmm. can grow, and more importantly, this is going to rhyme, where you can let go. Mm. Because that, you, you might be holding yourself back. Yep. And Because uh, that person's not thinking about it. No, no, they don't even care. Mm-mm. And, yeah. and it's hamstringing yeah. you. I've spent too many years being hamstrung by oh, that. Oh, yeah. Only yeah. to find out that person's like, what? I don't even remember that. Yeah. Was I alive at that mm-hmm. point? I don't even know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyways, Michael, it's been a pleasure, man. Thank you for having me. You have been divine, and it's been great having you on here. For those of you that are tuning in, man, uh, my name is Carrie. This is Michael Whittle. My wife and I pastor a church right here in Orange County, California, mm-hmm. the Movement Church. Come check it out Come and check hang it out. out. 
Michael um, just left the faith, and we're praying for his salvation. I'm coming home. I'm coming I've home. I haven't yet reconstructed. He's reconstructing, but we are so glad that you are with us on this episode of MC Unpack. Will you come back? Absolutely. Let's go. Part 2 coming at you sometime in the future. We love you. Talk to you soon.